Good day. You're listening to Free City Radio. This is the 187th edition of the program. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Stefan Christoph. On the broadcast today, we are going to be speaking with Don Marie Paley, who is one of the founding editors of Ojala. This is an independent media organization that is focused on Latin America with a particular focus on feminist movements from Mexico to Argentina and beyond. This project is a space for discussion and dialogue within social movements, focus on struggles for gender justice, but also more broadly for transformative change. It's really an incredible project. The website is ojala.mx, that's O-J-A-L-A dot M-X. I had the chance to speak with Don about this initiative in Mexico City uh, recently, and I think this conversation shows the critical importance of having meaningful debate and dialogue within the context of social movements. Of course, uh, the struggle for reproductive justice and for access to abortion rights has been an intergenerational struggle. Recently, there's been important victories. Uh, steps towards the demands of feminist movements for many years that we've seen happen both in Argentina and in Mexico. But of course, there's many more layers to the struggle. Ojala's project, I think, really brings depth and meaning to these conversations and is also a space for people to be educated and to learn more about social movements, feminist movements from the ground up. Here's my conversation with Don for Free City Radio. So my name is Don Marie Paley, and I'm a journalist and editor. I was born in Edmonton, and I grew up in Maple Ridge in the suburbs of Vancouver, and I've been based in Mexico for um, over 10 years now. And I had the good fortune of like coming up through independent media in Canada and learned a lot with like the Dominion and the media co-op and more recently the Breach um, and have always kind of done my own journalism and I've worked for other outlets as well. I've written a lot more for like US outlets and worked briefly as well for a US outlet. Um, and last, no, it wasn't last year. It was this year in March. Um, I've co-founded Ojala which is uh, a new media project. It's a digital weekly, that's our vision. And we publish in Spanish and in English uh, a couple stories a week. And we're sort of have like a double focus or like a double mission. Um, on the Spanish side, most of our contributions and articles come in in Spanish. So um, some of them we solicit and some of them are pitched to us. We solicit most of them. Um, and we work with uh, mostly women, but um, not exclusively, who are like involved in the feminist movement, um, which is a extremely vibrant, popular movement from Argentina all the way to the U.S.-Mexico border. Um, it's become a really humongous movement. In fact, in Mexico, it's definitely like the social movement that can mobilize um, the most people in the most places at once. So it's really something that it's a little bit hard to understand, I think, for people in Canada and the U.S. Um, but here, the feminist movement um, in the last seven or eight years has really gained 
a huge amount of momentum. And so what we what we're trying to focus on and kind of do in Ojala is promote like dialogue and debate and perspectives um, from people participating in the feminist movement on whatever they want to write about. So it could be about feminist mobilization, um, but it also could be about what's happening politically in their country. We had a piece recently by um, Veronica Gago and Lucia Caballero, for example, from Argentina about the first round of voting, um, right, where they had this sort of Trump-esque figure um, who's going to be advancing to uh, the second, the runoff uh, elections or whatever. So we've got that on the Spanish side. It's kind of encouraging um, anti-authoritarian feminist, grassroots feminist debate and discussion and one of the things that we're really interested in covering is is progressivism um, is this idea of the left in power because that has been something that's been occurring in Latin America for the last basically since the 90s right like we kind of consider um, Hugo Chavez coming to power in Venezuela is the beginning of the first cycle and there's people who say that we're now in the second or third cycle um, but what we've seen is, unfortunately, a lot of the progressive governments, in actual fact, like beyond what they're promising, um, fail to, for example, uh, fully legalize abortion, um, make it free, uh, do much more than tweak neoliberalism, really. Um, and obviously this varies a lot from place to place. Like Venezuela is something you can't compare the experience there under progressivism to what's happening right now in Mexico. Um, but we're really interested in taking apart and analyzing what it's like to live in a country with a progressive government, how that actually impacts daily life, how women continue to organize, and indigenous people and many other social movements continue to mobilize during progressive governments, even though often it's more difficult to communicate. Um, it's more difficult to find space to find your comrades because of processes of co-optation co that take place under under progressive governments as well. So on the Spanish side, that's kind of what we're trying to like create a forum for, for debate and discussion um, on an international level, on a continental level. And then we're translating um, most of those pieces and translating them into English with the idea of bringing voices that are just not finding space um, in most of the sort of orthodox left-wing media. So a lot more women. Um, and again, just like looking at analyzing their own political context, analyzing the feminist movement, um, and writing about kind of the big issues of the day. So that is, you know, I'm the only like Anglophone involved with Ojalá. And for me, it was really important to to have a bilingual aspect, to be also doing more work to communicate in English what's taking place on a more granular level, on a critical level, um, from a feminist perspective or from a movement perspective, what's taking place in different countries in Latin America. Um, because what we've seen um, is that it's very difficult to... There's very little space for critical perspectives of the, once the left is in power in the English media. Um, and so we're hoping that Ojalá can sort of fill that. And I mean, for a long time, I will admit, I complained a lot about a lot of English coverage of Latin America from the left. And just like this is, I don't, you know, I would just, I would complain. 
and I think everyone got sick of hearing me complaining and I got sick of complaining and just said like part of the problem is there's not somewhere where I could just say we'll just check this check this resource out check out this page they're doing a great job um, that didn't exist in English and so that's kind of what we're also trying to do with Ojala and feminism is a mass movement um, in Mexico it's a mass movement um, in parts of uh, South America and it's an important movement in other countries as well even though maybe it doesn't have the same numbers um, but we're hoping that Ojala can become uh, a resource for people who want to understand what's taking place in the South from a critical perspective, from a left perspective, from a movement perspective, um, and from a feminist perspective. When, when you talk about the feminist movement, uh, we're sitting in Mexico City in a park, so you'll hear that um, <laughs> for the sounds that you're hearing. Um, I'm sure this area and also many other areas of the city um, saw really significant protests. I think also the question of how colonial and patriarchal pasts were being confronted in their symbols, the statues, was like a really huge um, uh, focal, focal point for the feminist movement here. I guess, you know, some people listening, of course, will like see the intersectional nature of, of feminist movements, but it, it would be really interesting to hear your perspective having like tracked the various um, manifestations of this movement here, the ways that the feminist movement um, what had very tangible and specific demands, but also pushed for a re revisioning of sort of the idea of Mexico, Mexico as as a as a as a society, beyond beyond, you know, very specific, you know, sort of policy reforms. Yeah, so Mexico has a long tradition of, of institutional feminism, of equality feminism, um, NGOs and all kinds of international money coming in through, like, from, I think, the late 70s, 80s, 90s. Um, and, you know, folks probably know that in 2006, uh, President Felipe Calderón um, declared a war on drugs here in Mexico. Um, and that has basically created a... It was basically the beginning of what we're now, what, 2006 to 2023. So like, I'm not like the fastest math person, but like 17 years of war, of militarization, um, of, you know, over, I think it's up to 370,000 homicides, um, over 110,000 people disappeared since then. So really like a huge escalation in overall um, structural violence at a societal level um, and really tied to the militarization um, and the discourse of prohibition. And women make up a minority of those who are killed and disappeared, but there's still a significant amount of women who are murdered and disappeared. So basically, like, I think my reading, um, which I share with um, Lira Bacano, who I, who's a feminist in Guadalajara, who I interviewed um, last year, earlier this year, for a piece that came out in NACLA magazine, is basically that the level of violence that women were experiencing um, in everyday life and young women it just completely overflowed um, institutional feminism. Like the institutional feminists were like in their offices, like doing reports on gender equality and government and whatever, whatever. And and younger women 
began to just completely overflow those institutional structures. And so I think at its root, there's been a couple of different sort of focal points for feminist mobilizing, um, not just in Mexico, but, but more broadly. First is, is abortion rights and, and reproductive justice. Um, and second is that it's, it's, it's basically at its heart, it's an anti-violence movement. It's a movement against machista violence, partner violence, state violence, um, economic violence. Um, and so that's been, I think those are the two kind of main thrusts. And yeah, there's been really interesting symbolic transformations. For example, a couple of years ago, the statue of um, Christopher Columbus on Reforma, one of the big um, roundabout glorietas, uh, the Columbus statue was taken down and a, a, a statue of a woman with her fist raised was put in its place. And women have basically stayed on 24-hour guard there in order to ensure that the city doesn't remove um, the new statue. So there's like this kind of re-symbolization. Uh, March 8th is huge in Mexico City. I was here for the last couple of years, um, you know, over 100,000 people and, you know, mostly women, mostly very young women. Like, and that's one of the things that as kind of at this point, middle-aged feminists notice and think about a lot is like, imagine going to your first protest at 16 or 17 and there being 100,000 people there, like how powerful it is. And it really is, feels like a day when when we own the streets, when women can walk without violence, um, and the placards and everything, it's, you know, calling out violence in the school, in the workplace, on the street, in their home, like violence throughout society that in previous generations was very difficult for women to be able to call out and name. And so there's like definitely a lot of profound changes happening. And of course there's attempts at capture like institutional capture of the of the feminist movement but when you're in the when you're in the protest you can tell it's autonomous like people are not walking with cookie cutter signs or like saying like a single chant like it's just it's a self-mobilizing self-organized kind of protest and what's i think really important about march 8th is that it's not just mexico city like this year, I interviewed feminists in probably like eight or ten cities um, on March 9th and March 10th. And we, I did a story for Ojalá. Um, I think it was called like Rivers of Purple Flow Through Mexico. And it was, it was, everyone said it was the biggest March 8th in their city or town ever. So it's simultaneously all over the country. Um, and it's also all over, the, all over the continent, right? Like we look at Argentina as being like where, where it started um, with Ni Una Menos, which is like not one more woman killed, um, but this sort of twin demand of, of legal, uh, free and safe abortions um, and, and anti-violence, um, but really is fundamentally leading us to like reformulate and rethink like what is labor right like what is like what is politics what is what is what is the state like feminists are approaching all these questions and autonomous feminists are approaching all these questions in in really new ways that um get away from some of the orthodoxies that have proven to be uh, a trap for the left um so it's a really exciting period and moment um and it's a very difficult uh, time. There's just like so much violence. There's so many killings um, of women and of men. And there's so much partner violence and disappearances. And, you know, that's like, it's a very difficult um, 
reality and it's you know still very connected to militarization and the pretext of the war on drugs um but that in this context of just such intense violence it's so inspiring um to see especially like younger women like even high school aged teenagers and you know very young adults um just saying like we refuse like we refuse to accept this we refuse to participate in this um so like thinking about um the role of a media outlet so i i i've been you know speaking with various friends over the last years here in mexico or in other places you know who are joining these protests and you know i see people sharing on social media you know hashtags uh that you know reference different aspects of the feminist movement and struggle here you've chosen to like create like a reference point online mm-hmm. that's outside of that framework mm-hmm. uh and has some autonomy um that isn't the most obvious decision today uh like to 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 start like an independent media outlet um so just like if we could dig into that a bit and 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 why you felt like at this time like motivated to work on that and and sort of like the ideas that you had around like as you mentioned oh it's a it's a space to create discussion and debate inside the movement which i found very interesting if you could expand a bit on that i mean i think a lot of us have felt um a shrinking of spaces on the left and this overall movement um you know i've researched this mostly with regards to independent media in the, in the in the US and the way that with for example like the Bernie Sanders campaign and the big like boom of the DSA um the Democratic Socialists of America um in an an outlet like the Jacobin for example you saw like a real desire to promote Bolivia and the Bolivian government under Evo Morales as like almost like the best case scenario for like actually existing socialism and this was something that i think is true for a lot of the left media in general so you had this sort of outsider because this is like US media run by folks from the US right um desire to kind of cling to these examples of actual existing socialism and at the same time and by doing so basically close the door to critique of these same governments which in the case of the feminist movement for example have been very active in not only critiquing but actively protesting um not from the very beginning but certainly for like after the after the repression linked to the tipnis which i believe was in 2012 so like the last the last 7 years of Evo Morales's government there was a lot more social protest but there was a lot less space to talk about that in the left media not only in the US although that's where like i could see it the most clearly but also in Latin America um you know to this day there's almost nowhere where cuban leftist critical the castro government are able to have their voices published because it's basically just like let's just avoid talking about cuba it's too awkward people don't people don't want to criticize it it's still held up as this example of communism and etc so it's just 
I think there's been an overall drift, and I personally had this experience. I was working at Toward Freedom, um, which is a small, it doesn't exist anymore, but a small website out of Vermont. Um, and they were very unhappy about, you know, my choosing to share feminist and, and critical left perspectives on governments that the editorial board considered progressive, like in Cuba, like in Nicaragua, and like, like in Venezuela. And so that was where I think the seeds for Ojala were kind of planted in the sense that like we just there was no space. There was actually nowhere where we could get stuff published from a critical feminist perspective or from a critical left perspective or from a critical um, communitarian popular perspective. Um, so we felt like this is a time to to make a make our own platform um, and try to counter some of the essentially disinformation like there's political differences as well but there's also been increasingly disinformation um as part of what we used to consider left media and you and i both are familiar with some of the more prominent examples of this um so we we thought ojalá what we, what we want to do with ojalá ojalá means like hopefully or i hope so in spanish right and what our vision is for Ojalá, and I co-founded it with, with um, um, other Mexican women and, and Bolivian and Guatemalan women as well, um, is to open the space from which we can speak and enunciate our critiques, but also our vision for what a different society would look like that isn't following a party line or that isn't like married to this is the best mm. actually existing socialism that there is so sacred cow let's not talk about it mm. um we think that i think personally i mean i think plurality is really important i think critique is important um and it's it's very problematic when we're like especially people from outside from the u.s or from canada are saying how dare you criticize how dare you criticize Eva Morales to Bolivians living inside Bolivia with a history, a lifetime of activism, many of them who were involved in the government in the early days and became disenchanted and became part of a popular left opposition to the government. How dare a gringo tell a Bolivian or anyone else what to think about their own context and their own country? And so that's kind of what that kind of space is what we're trying to make sure that those kind of voices, people who've been thinking deeply about the problems in their own country with the leadership of the left, not only, I mean, obviously the right wing and fascism is also a huge problem. It's just a more obvious problem for the left. The problem of the left in power is a much more difficult problem mm -hmm. for the left to actually like debate and think about and talk mm -hmm. about and take apart mm -hmm. and make proposals. And so that's part of like what we're trying to what we're trying to open as well. Just uh, mention the website. Yeah, so it's ojala, it's O-J-A-L-A dot M-X. Okay. And then when you're on the homepage, you can go either to the Spanish version or the English version. And we have a weekly newsletter um, that's in English and we have another one in Spanish. So it would be wonderful. If, I think f the newsletter is probably like our strong suite. Mm. Um, in terms of staying in the loop, we send just one email a, a week. And um, most of our content is original, and yeah, we'd love for folks to check it out. Respect.
Thanks for chatting today. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. That was a conversation with Don Marie Paley, who's one of the founders of the Ohala Independent Media Project. That's O-J-A-L-A dot M-X, as you heard. Thank you so much to Don for taking the time to speak in Mexico City about this initiative. I'm Stefan Christoph, and this is Free City Radio. We share a new edition every week, and uh, we broadcast on a number of stations. We air on Wednesdays at 11 a.m. on CKUT 90.3 FM, on CJLO 1690 a.m., on Tuesdays at 1 p.m., also in Geogiagi, Montreal, on CKUW 95.9 FM in Winnipeg at 10.30 p.m. on Tuesdays, on CFRC 101.9 FM in Kingston at 11.30 a.m. on Wednesdays, on CFUV 101.9 FM in Victoria on Wednesdays at 9 a.m. and Saturdays at 7 a.m., on Met Radio 12.80 a.m. in Toronto, at 5.30 a.m. on Fridays, and now on CKCU, 93.1 FM in Ottawa, on Tuesdays at 2 p.m. You can find our archives at soundcloud.com slash freecityradio. We are also a podcast. Look us up on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll be back next week.